Point out the colors in you. I see them too, and boy, I like them. I like them. I like them. We way too fly to partake in all this hate. We out here vibing. We vibing. We vibing. Alexa, play Ariana Grande. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. Blog Talk Radio. On tonight's episode of Confession Session, the creator of Girlfriends wants to make a spinoff, but is sick and tired of convincing people how dope the show is. Zola Twitter page is being turned into a movie. And how could you brag online after you killed someone? What's good, y'all? This is your host, Angel Mandrina. And I'm your host, John Bello, And you are listening to the one of the own Confession Session. What's going on, y'all? What's up? How are we doing? Hey, John. How are you doing today? You sounding real litty over there. What the I, fuck I is happening? A nigga definitely is a little lit. I'm sorry. Um, one of my brothers, like my best friend, he's having a little pool situation. So, of course, I had to come and show my face and have a couple of glasses of rosé and, you know, keep it classy. And, you know, the classy turned a little bit to drunkness. But um, I'm here. It's always good to see y'all. You know, I love my family. You know, Aww. and we're about to have another exciting show. What's going on with you, Miss Angel yes. Mondrina? How was your weekend? And I'm so excited I'm <sighs> off today, which is which is annoying, you know, because I'm never off on a Sunday. <laughs> but, um, right. but, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go, go ahead with the breathing yes. out, nigga. Why are you breathing out hard? I'm sorry. <laughs> because my ass, I'm up there trying to drink some pink lemonade while Jun is getting his rosé on. The only thing my ass can drink is pink lemonade, okay? So... Yeah, um, but I'm telling y'all, if the breastfeeding don't work, <laughs> I'll be drinking in about two and a half months, okay? <laughs> All right. I know that's right. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm 30 weeks right now, so I do have um, seven weeks left, and, yeah, I'm really feeling it. My feet so swole. It be horrible. My weekend was awful um, all Saturday. That's meant Saturday from 8 a.m. until 12 o'clock, past 12 o'clock, at this damn hospital, getting stuck in my goddamn arm every hour um, to take this diabetes, this gestational diabetes test. And the bitch stuck me five times, okay? She, oh, we're not getting blood from this one, bitch. You're hurting me. And I'm going to tell you all, like, she really, like, stabbed me in my damn arm with that needle the first time. I was like, oh, my God, man, oh, wow. like, you are hurting me. And, the, and I have a bruise, like, on my arm now. I told her, I said, damn, as many times I'm getting stabbed, it's going to look like I do drugs. The bitch started laughing. I'm looking like, yeah, that's no. not funny. Shit, bitch, come on. that's not funny. Hurry up. Right. 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 So, so thankfully, the um, hospital was only four minutes away from my house, so I was able to go back and forth at home, you know, relax, lay back down. But, you know, my after I took the, the test, I mean, you know, you – Take uh, the shot first, and then you have your, um, and then you you fast for an hour. You know, you do your fasting, and then they give you this this drink to take, super sweet drink. Oh my god! After I, I felt dizzy. I felt sick. I, my my blood or my heart rate kept raising past one twenty, and I was just like it was saying on my watch, and I'm just sitting down, like breathing all hard and shit. I'm like, oh lord, I don't think this is good at all. But overall, once I was able to actually eat something, I felt better. So, anyways, today I laid in bed like all morning, and I feel wonderful. And yeah, that's pretty much it. So that's how my weekend went, y'all. Nothing but baby stuff, and you know, relaxation. But anyways, Jim, like he said, he's at this pool situation, or he's you know getting his drink on and stuff. So what we gonna do? We gonna try and knock this show out today, so we can have a good time. But before we start, don't forget to check us out on Instagram, YouTube, SoundCloud, and of course this podcast from Blog Talk. And send us your confessions at confessions at number two, us at gmail.com. You bet not forget to like, comment, rate, and subscribe. And tag us in the drama. Confession to us. Real, real, real simple. Just tag us, baby. Tag us. Jen, would you like to go ahead and hit the with that confession question of the day? Of course. 
Kabeshi question. Kabeshi question. <laughs> you should want you and your spouse to grow. Why do you feel people have issues with seeing their spouse making positive change? Again, when do in a relationship you should want you and your spouse to grow? And why do you feel people have issues with seeing their spouse making positive changes? And Ms. Angel Vardrina, did you want to go ahead and start off with the confessional? All right, y'all. Okay, y'all. So we all know what happened this weekend um, with XXX, Extacion, um, well, X, you know, how he got murdered Monday. So we're just going to go ahead and elaborate on that. So his alleged killer boosted online after the slaying. The 22-year-old was arrested, and this is according to the Daily Beast.com. The 22-year-old was arrested in the shooting of X, um, and he's a tattoo artist who bragged on Facebook days after the rapper's death. He wrote, you never know what's next. His name is Dredrick Devonche Williams, and he's of Pompano Beach, Florida. He warned in the post Wednesday, um, and, and Williams, he's a father, who was on probation He uh, for Grand Theft Auto, and he goes by the name Chucky. So the person I'm describing is the person who killed XXX Um The words accompany the photo of Williams posing with a white car behind him, a post that quickly attracted X fans and trolled his, and they went ahead and they trolled his Twitter account on Thursday. We Like I mentioned before, on Monday afternoon, X was shot and killed outside of Motorsports business in South Florida. He was 20 years old. He was driving away when he was approached by two armed suspects and what um, the Brownwood County Sheriff's Office is calling a robbery gone, gone wrong. One suspect fired into his BMW, but then the duo, they fled in the SUV. X was transported to the hospital where he was pronounced dead on the scene. Late Wednesday night, a detective pulled Williams over in a 2004 Silver Honda Accord, according to the police report, um, and Williams was charged with first-degree murder, along with violating the probation and operating a motor, ve- motor vehicle without a valid license. Uh, authorities, they say that the killing was not premeditated, but police could soon pretty much, they, according to TMZ, um, they have now another suspect, and a judge issued a pair of arrest warrants. So, yeah, I mean, extremely sad, horrible, um, and you just never know how short your life is. Just be careful out there. Jen, you were really shocked when I texted you and told you that X had been killed. Um, how did you feel about all of this? Um, I, like you said, I, I definitely was surprised. You know, it, I feel like it was very unfortunate. Um, I And it's sad because, like, this man did not even reach, like, a peak in his career. Like, this was before. Until he after my... he died, of course. Right. I mean, of course, people are going to come out the woodwork talking about how much they were a fan of him. But, you know, I knew of Triple X, Station, but, I mean, and I did like some of his, some of his music, but I'm not going to lie and say, like, I said, and followed him, and, like, he was just right. a super influential person in my life. You know, um, he definitely had a troubled past. And um, but at the same time, nobody deserves to die, you know. And and I right. think what, what me resonate with it is the fact that he was like so young and on the beginning of his rise. And also, I feel like he was changing for the better, you know. And it was crazy because I don't know if you sent me that video, or someone else sent me a video, but it was like before he passed, he was talking about you know if he were to die, he would just want to be remembered. Yeah. Music, you know what I'm saying? So it's just like yeah. he just he knew that his time here on this earth was not long, you know. But at the same time, I feel like when you are of that stature, like you have to make better decisions, you know. But sometimes you you are just dealing with what life has gave you to deal with, you know what what cards you've been dealt, you know, and um. I just feel like it's just so tragic and it's so sad and it's it's unfortunate that, you know, um, his whole passing. Um, I'm not going to lie and sit here and and act like I didn't see this coming. You know, the same thing with Takashi, you know, that we all were talking about, like Takashi 6ix9ine, who's like this rapper from Mm -hmm. and 
you know, how dramatic he is. He's always looking for beef. And um, mm-hmm. honestly, I feel like they know. Him, it's, right. I feel like um, with him, like, this is the, the callus that woke him up to show him, like, you're not invisible. You know, this is someone who's on your same level, who had the same number of hits, who's just starting their career, and who could be this big-time rapper. But he was murdered because he's in the wrong place at the same time. And you, yeah. nigga, you you looking for these beats, you know, and you haven't been touched. But don't believe that you're invisible. You know, all, all it takes is you just to slip a tad bit, a little bit. If somebody really wants you and don't have anything to lose, you know. And um, mm-hmm. he said that, like, he apologized for everything, and he realized that, you know, life is something to take serious. So um, it's just really, it's, it's fortunate, you know. And um, I do feel sorry for, like, his family and everything. But I'm not going to sit here, like I said, and, and pretend like he was just this great human being and he has to contribute yeah. so much. I, I just think it's just his youth, you know, is what really bothered me. The fact that he was on the rise and for him to be so young and to lose his life for something so stupid, you know, like a lose the time bag is, is fucked up. How did you feel, Ms. Angel Mondrina? Absolutely. I felt like it was horrible. He was so young. And like you said, 6'9", you know, uh, he he is he's had to get his shit together after doing dumbest shit looking for beef because like you said he's not invisible nor is he invincible you know and motherfuckers they have nothing to lose and they looking you know what I'm saying to be on uh you know get their five minutes of fame on on the news yeah I killed him you know the nigga was like six nine this and six nine that niggas oh my oh my bad sorry that's one of my songs I like that song that he make but anyways um. He just needs to cut it out. And once again, it's extremely sad that this happened to him. And did you um did you also know that uh, that ex his mom had made a post and said like you know he left us one last gift and he actually had a, a newborn baby on the way. Um, I think the baby was what like six weeks or something like that. Or she's six weeks. The woman is six weeks now or something like that. And um, you know he he knew about it before he passed away. So. You know, it's crazy. Like, he passed away, but, you know, at least the mom, she has a grandchild. You know what I'm saying now? So um, that's crazy, too. But, yeah, you know, once again, don't take life for granted. Don't think that you're invisible nor invincible. And try and be positive. You know what I'm saying? Motherfuckers ain't got to be all hood and ghetto and all of that shit. Like, real gangsters, real thugs, they don't want one. They trying to get out of that life. You know what I'm saying? Motherfuckers ain't going out looking for that shit. We shit, we don't want to be around that shit. If you came, if you actually came from that shit, you know how difficult it is. You know how life is, how motherfucking, you know, gunshots, all of that shit all around you. You're not trying to be on that shit. You're trying to make a positive change and get out of that type of situation. So, you know, just like Uncle Elroy, you know what I'm saying? He got his check and he was gone. You know, ain't nobody trying to, you know, stay down and be in the hood and all of that shit. You know what I'm saying? Hell no. no. So yeah, just be careful, y'all, and, and and don't don't be stupid, you know. And just because, like y'all said, and like Jen said, you can be at the wrong place at the right time, and somebody will light your ass up who has nothing to lose. But with that being said, y'all, we gonna go ahead and move on to that next topic. All right, y'all. Next topic, and this is according to thegrio.com. A black woman's wild Twitter tale about two strippers, a bipolar boyfriend, and a crazy pimp will be turned into a movie. Reports shadow and act that Niska Bravo will direct the film Zola Tells All, the real story behind the greatest stripper saga ever tweeted. A story first posted by Azia Zola Wells on Twitter, chronicling her wild adventure to Florida filled with sex, suspense, sugar daddies, and naughty nightlife. The Twitter rant, was so ridiculous and funny that it caught the eye of several Hollywood heavy hitters like director Ava DuVernay and Missy Elliott. The story is in good hands with Bravo, who made her directorial debut, Lemon, and earned respect from industry execs who called it a masterfully executed comedy drama. Bravo is also behind the Juneteenth episode of Atlanta and Chapter 4, the road trip episode of Season 2 of Dear White People. In 2015, 
David Kuster wrote a Rolling Stone article based on World Sensational Tweet. The script will be based off of that article and penned by Andrew Neal and Mike Roberts. Replete with colorful language, Zola's tale of a stripper's trip to Florida gone horribly bad is a stuff of internet legend. In about 150 tweets, Zola takes readers from her first interaction with a woman named Jez at a Detroit area Hooters to their trip to Florida together, which turns out to be a couple of days from hell. Apologies. Zola becoming an impromptu madam, a man prone to punching himself in a brief, if not terrifying, kidnapping situation. The story shocked the internet with her harrowing road trip to Florida with Sam White bitch, Jessica, Jessica's maudlin boyfriend, Jared, and Jessica's violent Nigerian pimp, Z. Tricks get turned, us or gets murdered. Jared leaps from a four-story window, Kushner writes, and reads like spring breakers meets pop fishing, as told by Nicki Minaj. Uh, the story itself may have had a few disparities, but it did lead to a very real takedown of a sex trafficking scheme which led to the arrest of a Nigerian pimp named Z. Um, James Franco, Andrew Neal, and Killer Films will produce. There is some controversy over Frank, um, over Franco still being involved with the film since he has been accused of sexual assault, but we'll see how this plays out. Have you heard of this whole story with, you know, the situation? Um, no, but it kind of reminds me of the, the movie with, um, with Little Mama. And, um, you know, her pimp, where she was, uh, you know, getting beat on and stuff by dude. And, you know, they, she was, you know, this type of girl. And she went out. And did, you know what movie I'm talking about, right? Yes, of course. On TV One, yeah. um, when Love Yeah. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of that. But this was super awesome. Like, I, well, I mean, not awesome, obviously. It's based off, you know, a true story. But I think it's real cool when people, they can live these experiences out and then they can write about it. And somebody, they notice it and they can, you know, that's that they glow up. You know what I'm saying? Like, you are, and that's how so many things happen in real life. You know, like, that's how a lot of people, they do glow up because they have these experiences and then they write about it or they film it and then bow. Somebody, they see it and like, dang, this is good. Let's go ahead and make this into something. Let's, you know what I'm saying, pay this chick off because this shit is good. It's funny, you know what I'm saying? People are like, wow, you know, and that's one of the things that, or one of the, yeah, what I wanted to do or what I'm doing currently with my experience, my pregnancy experience with these twins. I've been writing a book, and, you know, I'm pretty much caught up up until, what, three or four weeks ago. So, you know, I think that this is absolutely cool that she wrote about it. But it, it seemed interesting. It seemed real good. It seemed dirty. It seemed like they got a whole lot that it's, uh, that it's going to bring. And it's not going to be a book. It's going to be a movie. I'm definitely watching it. Um, so what did you think when you had heard about all of this, Jen? Of course, I was, like, super excited. I definitely um, heard of the whole story with Zola. I don't remember verbatim because it was, like, years ago. But I do remember it being, like, this super dramatic, long-ass story. And... I didn't know that it was true. I thought that originally, like, through the tweets, like, everyone was led to believe that it was a true story. But then, like, we found out, like, some of the situations were, were fabricated. But the fact that this guy got arrested maybe had, like, some truth to the story. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, I'm super excited to see what comes from this. You know, I, you know, I, ho- I hope that this woman that wrote the whole story, that she does win and, and she is able to be put in a situation to where she can thrive yeah. and move but um, yeah, like it was, it was really good. I don't remember verbatim what happened. I do remember like she met this white girl. They they ended up going to um Florida to like escort or a prostitute or whatever, and it was just became like super psycho. It was like super long. But um, I don't remember the story, and I think it'll be something exciting and something new and something fresh for um, you know, theaters. And and, and I love this whole direction that people are taking to, you know to hit gift or, you know, I feel like a lot of times, like, you know, we focus more so on, you know, the success and, you know, the middle class white, you know, and, and there isn't mm-hmm. everything in between, you know, and I'm glad that they are finally, these Hollywood studios, because it's pain, are, are finally starting to recognize it and to, you know, focus on, different scenarios. But yeah, I definitely have wanted to see this movie and I definitely will keep the show updated as to what's going on, you know, from trailers down to the premiere. But yeah. 
That's right, Jen. You better say that. You better say that, Jen Othello. All right, y'all. We're going to go ahead and move on. <laughs> move on to the next topic. All right, y'all. So according to CBS News, ABC has decided to bring back Roseanne minus Roseanne Barr in this new spinoff this fall. So ABC, we all know, canceled its Roseanne revival over the Star's racist tweets, um, but says that it will air a Connor family sitcom minus Roseanne Barr this fall. ABC ordered 10 episodes of the spinoff after Roseanne agreed to forego any creative um, financial participation into it. Uh, in a statement issued by Tom Warner, the show's producer, Barr says she would agree to the settlement in order to save the jobs of 200 cast and crew members. We are grateful to have reached this agreement to keep our team working as we continue to explore the stories of the Connor family, Warner said. ABC said that the new story, the new series has been um, the working title has the working title, The Connors, and will star John Goodman, Lori uh, Metcalf, Sarah Gilbert, and other Roseanne co-stars. The actors issued a joint statement about the spinoff. We have received a tremendous amount of support from our fans um, and the show, and it's clear that these characters not only have a place in our hearts, but in the hearts of our home audience. Um, We all come back. We all came back last season because we wanted to tell the story about the challenges facing a working-class family. Um, We are happy to have the opportunity to return with the cast and the crew to continue to share these stories through love and laughter. The Connor stories demonstrate that families can always find common ground through conversation, laughter, and love, and the spinoff will continue to portray contemporary issues that are as relevant today as they were 30 years ago, ABC wrote. ABC also mentioned that the show will air Tuesdays at 8 p.m., and a premiere date is yet to be determined. Jeanne, are you, how do you feel about the fact that they're still going to do a show, even though Roseanne, she's not going to, you know, get any financial, you know, participation from it, but she still, she pretty much still got a payoff. You know, she still got a settlement in order to save these people. So how do you feel about this bitch, this racist bitch, getting money, you know what I'm saying, to and still having basically a Roseanne show? I mean, exactly in your vernacular and your tone is how I feel. Um, <laughs> I am not here for this show. I didn't watch it with that fat bitch on no it. I'm not going to after she's off. Um, I don't care. Like, I don't want to hear about a white working class middle, a working class family. Like, your story is not. It it it's different from mine. Like, it's it's not under the same umbrella. Like, we don't share the same struggles because at the end at the right. end of the day, you feel like you're better because of your whiteness, and I don't have anything to make me feel besides what I have earned to feel like I'm better than. So, no, fuck that. I don't I don't want to hear about the Connors, the Connors. I don't care. Who cares? I'm sorry that, you know, mm-hmm. there were 200 employees that were ruined and all that, but I'm no. I won't be watching the show as I was not watching it when I found out that Roseanne was a Trump supporter. You know, like, fuck all that shit. ABC is trying to make it seem like, you know, they care about these people and they want to answer the fans' causes. You bitches are just trying to rank up on the coin and let you keep it a buck. Like, y'all don't mm-hmm. care about it. Y'all are for what's selling. If it was, you know, white nationalism that was bringing in 20 million viewers or if it was Black Panthers who were saying they were going to kill all the white people, bringing in 30 million viewers, that's what the fuck you bitches would be supporting, Okay. It's all about the core. It's all about the dollar corporations. Like, I'm not trying to hear that bullshit. I don't care. I won't be watching it. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Exactly. I don't care. I definitely won't be watching it. Your situation is much different from mine. Everything that I have, I earned literally and worked extremely hard for. And I've been seeing so much of the hate lately. And it's just, and I'm not even trying to be one of those people, you know, not even trying to change the subject, but it's it's really fucked up that people, they don't mind seeing you doing good, but they just don't want you to do better than them. And, you know, 
on the road since I've gotten my new vehicle. People have been just sticking up their middle finger at me or honking a horn or trying to run me off the road. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, are you kidding me right now? And so, once again, my situation is much different. I'm not going to support some shit that I don't believe in. And, like, no, goodbye, goodbye. So, but isn't that fucked up how people, they want to see you doing good, but they just don't want you to do better than them? I hate, it's such a travesty. You know what I'm saying? It's like, really? Wow. Okay. Like, petty rocks. But anyway. That's life for people that have not you know, been a success, they don't really know success. Like, motherfuckers want to be top dogs, but they don't have what it takes to be top dog. And to me, it's just, like, so mm-hmm. whack. But um, I'm sorry she has to go through that as far as, like, people, you know, bringing out their racism. That's, I feel yeah. like it's known, but definitely yeah. now it has become a lot more gross. But, yeah, period. I want to <laughs> watch this show. Supporting it, fuck all of right. them, including ABC. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I'm exactly. Sorry. So yeah. All right, y'all. In the words of Jen Othello, fuck them. All right, y'all. Moving on to the next topic. <laughs> all right, y'all. This is according to the Shame Room. Girlfriend creator Mar Brocka Kill recently shot down with Vulture where she revealed that she'd love to create a film adaption of her beloved series. She has a script ready. However, she's been having a tough time trying to convince a studio to give her a shot, and she's over it. Akil simply believes that she shouldn't have to beg someone to see the value in girlfriends. Yeah, you can tell any studio in town, if they got 50 to 60 million, I already have the script. We can make an epic movie. We can make a lot of money. But be hustling and knocking on doors, begging to do this story anymore, Akil explained. She continued, it deserves somebody to see the value in it and write that check. That's what it's about. People often think I have the power. Well, I have a lot of creative input. I know the vision of it, but I need the money. That's what this industry is all about, supporting artists and supporting storytellers and hearing the audience for what they want and need. There is still a lack of value for what black women want, yet we have proven to be one of the strongest consumers in the marketplace. Yet, we still are undervalued about what we want and need. So, yeah, I have a script. It'll be great, but I can't keep worrying about that and hustling that because I wouldn't have uh, come up with Nuri and Yasir. I wouldn't have helped launch, uh, launch Black Lightning I have a lot more stories than me. See, the value of girlfriends, I can't do it anymore. Uh, we should just start a crowdfund at this point because black sisterhood needs to be displayed. Girls should have got a chance so we can have, so we can get an amen for girlfriends. But, yeah, what do you think, Ms. Angel Vondrina? Why do you think she's struggling think... to still get white studios to see the value of the iconic, the infamous girlfriends? Oh, my God. I feel like she's struggling just like, you know, people, they struggle to to get money, you know, as far as, like, venture capital go. Um, you know, there are 2% of black people out of 84, 2% of black women that get money from, you know, knocking on doors and, you know, consistently trying to get that help when $84 billion go out the door to, you know, lots of white men every year. People, they don't care. They don't want to see it. And you have to really try and prove your worth, you know. And I'm not sure. Have you uh, listened to The Nod recently, Jen? I haven't. This is kind of like the same situation. You have to go ahead. And, yeah, uh, people, they're not going to see their – they're not going to see the worth. They're not going to just sit up there and write a check, especially because you're a black woman. You have to go ahead and try to convince them and try and make them see what is going on. And if you just give up, then should they don't give a damn about you giving up. They just, okay, you know. And um, it just kind of reminded me of um, the one, it was a woman. She was a, she's a gay black woman. And she slept on an airport floor for after, for four, for four months after sending out hundreds and hundreds of cold emails, you know, telling people her vision and trying to, uh, you know, get people, get people who give away these this money every year, you know, to invest in 
her company. Um, ultimately, she scraped up over $5 million to go ahead and, and get what she wanted, but it took a lot of knocking at doors and telling people, hey, you know, this is what my vision is, and it took lots and lots of years, you know what I'm saying, for her to actually be so dedicated. So sometimes you have to be extremely dedicated, especially when you knocking on doors and asking other people for their money, you know what I'm saying? But once again, they have to understand that. So see, you have to have this uh, proposal laid out. You know, yeah, you have the script, but you have to have a proposal. This is what you're going to get. This is what you can make. You know, all of this shit is potential. So you can't just go and be like, look, bitch, this shit is worth it. You're going to give me the money or you can lose out on all this money because they don't care. They, they're like, well, shit, I don't really know. Because at the end of the day, it's like, are we really going to make a profit on this or not? So, and it sucks because if she was a white man, they'd be like, oh, yeah, you know, here, here you go, the money. But because she's a black woman, she has to prove herself more. And that's just how it is. People are racist in that way, you know. But um, I feel like she shouldn't have given up. She should keep going, and she should keep knocking on doors until somebody give her an opportunity. I agree. I definitely Please. feel like the the girlfriend story is a story that hasn't been told, and, you know, that's something mm-hmm. that we are to continue to long for and yearn for. Yeah. And today, Mara Brock is like, she's going to get that check, and we're going to go and support in the, all those studios that pass up on giving the coin for her, they're going to see, you know, that this is something that we want to, that we want to continue to promote and something that we are going to come out and see. Like, it, it annoys me that, like you said, black women are the biggest consumers. You know, black people that continue mm-hmm. to buy and support things that matter to them. But the people that are the gatekeepers, um, so to speak, the people that do have the finances to go ahead and um, succeed from that, from knowing that they don't want to do anything towards it. So it's just like, once that once the opportunity comes, maybe Oprah needs to go ahead and and, and score. Mm-hmm. And, you know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. I also have something else to say in this regard. Um, I feel like when it comes down to this too, um, you know, what she should also a lot of people what they're thinking is, Oh, who wanna see you know, they they they're forgetting, you know, how much we provided for Black Panther, what we went to go do and what we, you know what I'm saying, how much Black Panther they made. Black movies are winning, okay? And we're going to go see them. But what they want is for, you know, Black people to come out with scripts of super, they're thinking that only movies like Wakanda, uh, you know, Black Panther, they can make money like that. Like, no, we're very diverse. We love all kinds of black movies. So maybe that's also their issue. Like, who wants to go and see the movie about a movie about or a spinoff about girlfriends? You know what I'm saying? Like, motherfucker, we do. I do. You know, I so do. That's another thing. Right. But, uh, yeah, y'all, we're going to go ahead and move on to our last topic of the evening. Okay, y'all, so speaking of Oprah, who should be investing, she is the first black woman listed on Bloomberg's top 500 richest people. Now, according to reports, Oprah Winfrey has become the first black woman to make it on Bloomberg's list of the 500 richest people in the world. This past Monday, Winfrey's fortune reached $4 billion, which which put her at the 494th on the list of the 500 richest people in the world. Her ranking was 494 right behind Mark Kuban. Since then, Oprah's place has risen on the list, um, and she's now at 489. She's 64, and her place on the Bloomberg Billionaire Index came and was able to rise due to her 2015 investment into Weight Watchers, Reports noted that Winfrey put $43 million into the company and received a 10% stake. Oprah's place on the list means there are now 65 women on this list total, with six of them being entrepreneurs. That gives me no hope. You know, that really fucking sucks. I mean, I'm happy for Oprah, but I just feel like, God damn, you are the only black woman, or the first black woman to make it on this damn list out of 500 people. You are 64 years old, you know what I'm saying, and 
Look how much you have to invest into Weight Watchers in order to be put on this fucking list. Like, this shit is whack. You know what I'm saying? And it's 65 women in total. So you mean it's a whole bunch of motherfucking, huh? In 2018, (laughs) you know. I'm scared. Like, so I I think it's just just showing, like, if there is one, that there definitely can be more. Like, I, I just think that we have to be able to get into those rooms and to be able to command um, that amount of money and to have that, that kind of, like, support behind us. And um, I think what, what happened with Oprah and what – and I listen to this podcast called We Study Billionaires, mm-hmm. and I feel like it's really important. I, I feel like to get on that level to make billions, you have to have something that is not being offered, but it's something that people need. And um, I was telling, you know, um, Chris and, you know, my best friend Don, and uh, we were having a conversation. I feel like Oprah, she introduced, you know, the black homegirl, homegirl that's real and that's going to be honest with you and, you know what I'm saying, and and keep it real and and continue to want to see you grow and see you thrive. Now that's an anomaly. It's so many people that are doing Mm -hmm. that. And I'm giving that, mm-hmm. you know, for advice. And, you know, we have a Yala Vazan and we have all these talk shows. But Oprah was the first to do it, you know. And um, people really, they resonated with that. Like, they really, you know, saw the importance in that. And ultimately, I feel like that's, that's what it is. It's just you being able to find, like, what is really important that people don't realize is important and capitalizing off of it. Um, but I don't think mm-hmm. Oprah's so like by any means. I definitely feel like it is a black woman's time, you know, and uh, I don't think you should get discouraged. I think that should inspire you to see a black woman, especially a black woman that went to the Nicolet High School in Glendale, Wisconsin. He's <laughs> <Ain't> so silly. <laughs> that, that inspires me. I love the fact that me and Oprah went to the same high school, and I brag about it all yeah. the fucking time. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's just like, come on, come on, you know. You could do this. We could do this. Yeah, you you got yeah. a good point. You know, offer something that everybody they want and nobody else is offering. That's really all, you know, that needs to be said, and it's going to get me thinking. So, you know, this is really interesting, though, and I'm really happy for Oprah, um, you know, especially being the first black woman to make it to this list and, you know, getting that coin and just living her best life. So, all right, y'all. Well, that's the show. We're going to go ahead and going to our confession question of the day. All right. So when you're in a relationship, I feel like personally that you, you should want, you you know, you and your spouse to grow together. But there are a lot of people who feel, you know, or they may have issues seeing their spouse making po- positive changes. And it's confusing to me. I always like, why is that a bad thing? You guys are supposed to be a team. Jen, have you seen this in relationships before? And how does that make you feel, you know, if you haven't or if you have? So explain that question one more time because I really was trying to divulge and, like, trying to understand what Okay, you so pretty much, pretty much, you know, you you and Bay, you guys are in a relationship. You know, uh-huh. uh, say Chris is, you know, he's graduating from school, you know, this year, and, you know, he's, he's got a better job, and he's making, uh-huh. you know, a whole lot more money. You know, and you start to feel some type of way about it, like, mm, you know, I don't know if I'm happy that he's making, you know, all this money, more money than me, or he's doing this. Like, why do you feel like, you, why, I, and obviously, guys, this is not real life, but why would you feel discouraged when you should be happy for your spouse because you guys are supposed to be growing as a team? Um. Well, I, I don't want to say personally because I definitely would love, and, and I told Chris this, you know what I'm saying, because he wants to be a CRNA. If you want to be a nurse, Celia, um, how do you say it, anesthesiologist um, making $300,000 a year, you know, I would definitely support you and be behind you and be the housewife, and I'll learn to cook, and I'll make sure I keep my ass in the gym <laughs> and be that finance support you. So I'm the wrong person you want to ask, because I definitely will support my husband, if he wants to grow and to be, you know, the boss nigga that he is meant to be. Um, but I definitely feel like people want to keep that, that, that same 
relationship dynamics. Like they want to be, uh, they want to be a relationship to where a, a motherfucker is controlling the situation. Like they want to be able to have, be able to say no if somebody's asking for something or, you know, to be able mm-hmm. to, when it comes to it, if y'all are arguing shit on them. But if that whole dynamic is lost, if they're making way more than you are and y'all in the same situation and you still being a fuck nigga or, you know what I'm saying, uh, a horrible girlfriend or wife, um, then what can you do, you know, besides mm. hate situation? But me personally, I'm going to support and uplift mine. I want to see mine grow, you know what I'm saying? And I know that he feels the same way, so I, I don't know. Well, what did you say? Well, I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. Um, you know, as far as, like, me and my husband, you guys already know we've been together forever. Um, and we've yeah. grown so much over these, you know, these, I don't know, I don't know, what is it, 12, 12 years, 13 years, some shit like that, over these years that we've been together. And, you know, um, we're continuing to grow. And, all I want to see is us grow. I don't want us to be, you know, backtracking. Obviously, you know, we can't control what happens in life. But, you know, I'm the motherfucker that's going to uplift and push and come on, you know, let's let's get this done together because, you know, if I'm failing, you know what I'm saying, you failing and vice versa. If we ain't doing this shit together, then what's the point of even trying to, you know what I'm saying, continue to grow? Like, we still Amen. be doing this as a, as, a, as a family and trying to make it together. I don't want... I don't want me to be doing all this positive stuff and life-changing things and making all of this money while he's sitting over here, you know, struggling in the background. That's stupid as hell. Put money together. Hell, make more money than me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't care. Like, I just want us both to grow. And I feel like another good way to see us grow is to always look back at our taxes every year, which is something I enjoy doing. I enjoy looking at taxes from prior years. Like, wow, we made this much. Like, God damn. Like, look how much it changed from this year to this year. You know what I'm saying? And so, and then just seeing life in general. Like, dang, look what, you know, look where we were at, you know, when we were this age. And look, look where the hell we at now. You know what I'm saying? So, I'm the type of person, I don't really, like, once again, I don't really know why, I guess, you know, before I got married and stuff like that, you know, um, and, you know, relationship wasn't as serious, you know, even though we all think when we're teenagers that our relationship is extremely serious, but, you know, at that time, you know, I would probably, you know, like Jen said, want to, if we got into an argument, shit or whatever like that, but nowadays, like, that's the last thing I want to do. I definitely don't want to make him feel like a less of a person, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, there have been times where, like he would say, I held up the table, you know what I'm saying, for the family, and vice versa. And I feel like that's how it should be. And I know, like, you know, he's really happy, you know. He is the breadwinner. He loves it. I don't give a damn, you know what I'm saying? I'm just like, that's right, baby. Make that cash, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? And it feels really good. You know what I'm saying? And um, so, yeah, I don't know why people, they want to, they don't want to see their spouse making positive changes. They want to see them down and out. But those people need to get their shit together because there's nothing cute about you sitting up there, you know, making all these boss moves, sitting up there with your master's degree while your, while your boyfriend, your boyfriend sitting there, you know what I'm saying, with, uh, you know, smoking weed, looking like a fucking a bum asking you, you know, when is this going to get paid? When are you going to pay my cell phone? Like, There's nothing cute about that. Y'all should be doing this shit together. And I feel like a real woman or man actually love their spouse and they want to see them grow, they're going to uplift them and try and push them to do better in life and don't want to see them do bad. If you want to see them do bad, then you really don't want to see y'all grow. And that's just right. my opinion on it. Right. So, yeah, y'all. But let us know what y'all think. Why, when you're in a relationship, would you, you know, when you should want you and your spouse to grow together, people, they feel, you know, threatened when they see their spouse making positive changes. Let us know. Send us those confessions and that email to confession the number two us at gmail.com. Jen, let's go ahead and get into what we're confessing our love for this evening. Well, Jen, what are you confessing your love for? That rosé that you're drinking now? Of course. You know, i got to confess my love for the classy rosé <laughs> that keeps me fit and happy and <laughs> Um 
actually know. Um, I'm confessing my love for two It is a show on FX called Pose, and what it does okay. is it. Uh, I don't know if I talked about it. I want to say I did. I confessed my love for it a few weeks ago. It was my first time watching this documentary called Paris is Burning, and what it is, it was like a, a chronological kind of documentary on you know, the black gay and uh, Hispanic youth in um, Harlem in New York City at the time that, you know, it was like during the 80s and uh, it was like sort of an outlet, you know, because those during that time, me specifically, because that's my group, you know, black black and Latino, like that is the demographic, a gay black and, and Latino, that's specifically like the demographic that I'm from. Um they did not have anything to look forward to, and they were outcast from, you know, those societies kicked out of their home. So they, they looked to this thing called, like, the walls. Wow. Yeah, it, I mean, it's a very deep, and it's sad, you know, and, I, and watching it, you know, I, I correlated, correlated with a lot of, like, my life and, you know, how I, I could have been that person, you know, um, if I had made a few missteps. And I feel like some of those people, they, they did it. They, they did the right thing. They just so happened to be gay. And so they were shunned from their, their families or whatever. Um, wow. But anyway, the show that is loosely based on the documentary, which is, like, very sad and very tragic. Everyone in the story dies from, like, AIDS, you know. Um, and it's so good. It's so inspiring. And, you know, I don't feel like I've been, like, a bad gay but I don't really feel like I have been in touch with my gayness as so as a lot of, you know, people in my community. So I feel like to be able to watch that and to resonate with that, I, I think was like super dope. It's a really good show. It comes on FX. It actually comes on tonight at nine o'clock. Um, but um, yeah, it's, it's, it, 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 it will bring tears to your eyes to see like these, these young people and, and their story and the whole thing of transgender and, you know, I think about it like I've been ignorant, you know, being, even being in the community and still not understanding, like, what it's like to be a transgender, you know, I, I feel like it's a little fucked up. Because they, they talked about the whole dynamics of, of that on the show and how, you know, somebody wants to look down on, and even in the gay community, it's like, yeah, you're gay, but you don't know what it's like to live in a body that you don't know, you know, when you in your whole life feel like you were meant to be a woman, but you are born into this male's body. You know, so it's really deep. But anyway, I, I want to commit some love for that. It's a really good show, FX, 9 p.m. on Sundays. Definitely check it okay. out. I definitely feel like it's something that you enjoyed. And then also, Miss Tiana Taylor, Tiana V. Taylor, um, she released her own KTSD, Keep That Same Energy, which I feel like is just so beautiful. Um, it's also something that it, it's, it's for this time, it's her time, you know, um, and tying back to what I was uh, talking about with Pose, um, I don't know what's in the air, but I love it. You know, she also, she paid on my gay community. She had a song, um, it's called um, WTP Works His Pussy, which is like, it, it pays on my, she likes the whole uh, gay ballroom theme in Harlem, you know, she's from Harlem or whatever. Um, but it's just such a great fucking album. And I really do feel like this this can be a contender for our R&B album of the year. You know, I'm so proud of her to her grow and continue to thrive. You know, um, she's a super dope girl. I mean, I, I met her once. Um, super dope girl, gorgeous. You know, and, and her music's fucking lit. You know, but um, but yeah, keep that same energy. KTSC by Tiana Taylor and Post on FX every Sunday at 9 p.m. But thanks, Vandrina. What are you confessing your love for this evening? Wow, those are really good confessions, Jen. Um, Guys, I'm going to confess my love for an individual who I've confessed my love for today. I mean, confessed my love for before. My husband, he's just been making some really good positive changes and just have been helping me out so much with this struggle-ass pregnancy. I've been complaining and angry for no reason at all, and my feet been swollen, and I just I haven't been myself, and, you know, just him being able to, like, you know, rub my back, you know, massage my feet, these big-ass marshmallows, 
and, you know, move shit out the way and do clothes and clean up the house and help out with Giovanni and just all of this extra stuff. Even just like today, I was feeling sick and he just went and went to go pick him up and didn't have any, you know, reservations about it. And, you know, just doing just really nice things and just really helping me out through this pregnancy. You know, I just really appreciate it. And it's really good to, you know, be able to depend on somebody and have that in, in, in their life because a lot of people, they don't have, you know, that support system or, you know, even a man to help them out when it comes down to things, you know, like, you know, just simple like rubbing your feet because they so swole and they hurt so bad, you know, or right. changing covers on the bed and shit like that. So I just want to say thank you so much, husband. Mr. Samuel, you know, for just being there for me and dealing with all of my shit. All right, y'all. I think that's it for the evening. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening and tuning in to us this evening. You all can expect to hear from us next on Sunday, July 1st. At the same time, 6.30 Central, 7.30 Eastern. And we want to hear from you. So don't forget to like, comment, rate, and subscribe. Tag us in that drama. And send us those confessions at confessions at number 2 us at gmail.com. This is your host, Angel Vondrina. And I'm your host, Jenna Stello. And you're listening to one of the only confessions. Good night. Have a drink for me. Till the tears run down from my eyes, Lord, somebody, ooh, somebody, can anybody find me? Alexa, play hits from Queen. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. Till the tears run down from my eyes, Lord, somebody, ooh, somebody, can anybody find me? Alexa, play hits from Queen. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.